The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, uh, we've got kind of another grab bag sort of show, a variety of topics to get to, still awaiting the arrival of uh, most of the top names. But how are you doing on this Wednesday? Doing all right, man. It's good to, good to be talking to you again. And uh, yeah. we actually don't, we actually have a decent amount to go over today. Yeah, man. I know, you know, we are kind of playing this waiting game, but some guys are already making waves, some youngsters, and we'll definitely touch on a lot of them. Um, we were talking on the show, on the XM show last week, kind of about Jazz Chisholm's ranking history among prospects and how he was pretty well flat and even, you know, inside the top 50, but never like quite an elite level prospect. But what he's doing so far this season, especially with that walk rate, is really surprising me. Um, do you still kind of view him as a guy who, you know, is not really going to reach a, a level like a superstar level? Or do you think maybe Jazz is better than uh, a lot of people expected? Well, I, I, you know, full disclosure, I just bumped him up to number six overall on my top 400. Uh, that's the only update i'd made uh but i just i wanted him to kind of graduate where i actually value him rather than just keep him where he was at uh until he graduated and 
I think the, the reason why I kept him in that 25 to 40 range was because the upside was undeniable, but the risks were also undeniable. Uh, the hit tool was very much kind of TBD. And so I, I wanted him to be, you know, I didn't want anyone to trade him away um, without getting a, a really nice prospect back or anything like that. Um, and so I just, I wanted to keep him in that range because of the upside. So I, I don't think, you know, this, he's kind of reaching sort of the high end of, of any, what anyone would have expected from him, but this isn't, you know, crazy what he's doing. Like, I mean, his tools 100%, um, could have led to this if, if everything kind of clicked and, you know, you mentioned the, the walk rate, uh, for me, it's, it's the, the K rate, like, you know, I'd, doesn't really matter to me where his walk rate would be. I mean, it was just about, was he going to strike out under 30% of the time? Because if he does that, then, then he's just going to do a ton of damage. And as of right now, uh, he, he got another uh, nice day at the plate today, 193 WRC plus, uh, K rate under 27%, walk rate 16%. Um, you know, those, those numbers aren't, uh, fully stable yet i mean it it has only been 56 plate appearances this year but i mean this is this is about as good as anyone could have hoped for uh to start the season so yeah i I think he is starting to look like a star in the making and someone where you might still be able to buy high on you know i think like i i mentioned how i bought high on trevor rogers before the season started when uh the hype was starting to mount um I, you know, that that's a legit strategy if you think a guy is going to keep climbing. Um, sometimes people just look at the idea of selling high and just kind of do it without thinking about how high someone's value is going to creep. I mean, if you can go uh, flip, you know, someone like Austin Martin or someone like that for, for Jazz Chisholm, uh, you might be able to pull that off just because the, the jazz owner might think, well, I'm cashing this guy out at, at you know, maybe the peak of his value, that type of thing. But uh, if we get, you know, another month into the season and he hasn't got on a, a massive slump, you know, his, his home runs and stolen bases are going to be up there with anyone. So I, I just think he, he really looks the part of a, of a future star. Yeah, man, I had uh a guy trying to buy high on jazz in the Rotowire Stake League, our buddy, uh, Rotowire editor, Eric Segrist. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I want to sell on jazz, you know, sell high. I don't think I really want to. Because as you said, who knows really what the ceiling is for this kid? Because all of a sudden it seems like the plate skills, maybe something clicked with, with him in the box. And, you know, seeing him catch up to 100 and turn 100 off Jacob deGrom around, and then calling it a, a lighter 100. <laughs> I mean, that was like one of the most baller quotes of the year so far. But I know StatCast numbers more descriptive than predictive, especially this early on. But the guy is in the 100th percentile in terms of barrel rate. His barrel rate, James, is 27.6% <laughs> Jazz Chisholm. So, yeah, I mean, if you add these tools and then a more mature approach at the plate, I mean, he, he's in the midst of taking off, and he, he could climb even higher. So I'm glad you made that adjustment for him to go out on top. He's got to be close to graduating, right? 
Yeah, he's about 30 plate appearances or 30 at bats away. Nice. And I know you, one of our final XM shows the draft season, you said that one of your biggest regrets was not having much jazz, but you did rectify that right in the, uh, in one of your mains. Yeah, I got him in, got him in the, the last main of the year, which I think was on the, the eve of, uh, opening day. Nice. Um, but I mean, just didn't get enough, obviously. I mean, there, there's all I do in April. Like I, I was kind of complaining about this the other day, like eight, April's maybe my least favorite month of the year for uh, for fantasy baseball because <laughs> I, I I just sit there and dwell on my mistakes rather than like um, appreciating the the hits. Like I just you you never I, I never think about the hits. I just think about man. I wish I had more of that guy. Yeah, same here, man. This is kind of a tough time of the year where things are still you know you're still kind of feeling out your teams. You're taking some blows. Uh, we're trying to stay afloat for now, and that's all we can do is just weather the, the storm. And you know, it's, it's a long season, so you just gotta try to uh, yeah take the the good with the bad right now, and know that other people are dealing with bad too right now. Um, but yeah, I'm loving jazz. I'm loving that hair, and loving loving the euro step. I'm surprised nobody busted out the euro step before, like. Seemed like he's an such a yeah he is an innovator. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, yeah, excited about jazz. Now we saw Alex Kirloff, James briefly called up last week as part of a doubleheader. I believe he was the designated twenty seventh man, so he was sent back down. If you're the designated twenty seventh man, you're you're probably going down. They they can always make another roster move to keep you around, but it was kind of assumed that Kirloff was going to be up for a short short-term fix and now it doesn't sound like he's an option to replace Kepler uh for now but do you still think we see him pretty soon yeah the the twins beat writers were kind of all over this one yesterday uh Kepler went to the IL uh after testing positive for COVID and obviously people were just like oh is it Alex Kirloff time but the team made it pretty clear that they weren't going to fly someone from St. Paul to Oakland commercially for that two game series, uh, just given the pandemic, obviously. So, uh, they brought up, um, guys that Brent Rooker and, uh, Travis Blankenhorn guys that were on the taxi squad traveling with the team. Uh, but then they, they will have a chance when they come home, uh, this weekend, uh, that's when Kirilov could join the squad. So I, I would, I'd be pretty surprised if we don't see Kirilov uh, get into that lineup this weekend. Um, you know, it's not it's not a guarantee, but I think uh, certainly better than fifty percent chance that that Kirilov is is up and and playing this weekend. And of course, Jared Kelnick, the guy. Well, I'm waiting on, and a lot of people are too. I mean, he, it's got to be if not this week, early next week, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, a, I saw, it's like a lawsuit waiting to happen. I saw Ryan Divish, uh, who covers the the Mariners, say that he he thinks it's going to be early May uh, the other day. Um, mm. Just, I just would <laughs> encourage anyone who has Kalanick, you know, if you miss out on you thought you were getting like ten extra games from him, just don't don't let that put you in a bad mood um go take a walk go go do something 
uh, take your mind off things. I mean, he's he's going to be up. Just it's it's an inevitability. If it's not if it's not this week, if it's not next week, it'll be the week after. So um, just kind of you know just try to try to tread water until he's up. But um, you know, you you drafted him knowing that you weren't going to get a full season, and and you're definitely going to get at least two thirds of the season out of Kellner. You know, I was going to go take a walk the other day. Something was pissing me off. Something on Twitter, probably. Uh, but then I look outside, James, and it's snowing here in Madison. Just ridiculous, man. Come on. So I had to play some more MLB The Show. but I. Um, you might have wanted to take a walk after playing MLB The Show. <laughs> yeah, if you're striking out. Like, uh, That's all I've seen, like, I, I, you know, I'm not a gamer, but uh, all I've all I've seen people tweeting about regarding MLB the show is just like, how do you get good at this game? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know it's on like Xbox consoles now for the first time. And a lot of, a lot of newbies, I'm essentially a newbie, but I've been playing these like moments where you like relive certain moments. You, you know, hit two home runs in a game with Eric Davis or do something like this. And so I've been uh, having kind of fun with some fun with it, but I'm basically like two years ago, jazz, in that game, just plate play discipline is uh, pretty pretty rocky. But you know what uh, song is on that soundtrack, James, for MLB The Show 21? Get this. Juvenile Ha. Oh, perfect. On the soundtrack. It came on and it popped me off, off my seat, essentially. It yeah, is the clean, I, the clean version. Now I almost want to tweak what my walk-up song is going to be today. That, that's <laughs> a, that'd be a good one. Well, I think I use "ha" on our commercial jams list, so I you can you can that. repeat yourself. I bet I think the creators, you know, PlayStation San Diego Studios or whatever, they must they must listen to the pod. Um, oh, I'm sure they're stealing some of our commercial jams. But James, last week on the show, you called Luis Garcia. You said, you know, if he's out there, go maybe go take a peek and, and grab him. That was the little soundbite i clipped out to uh share on social media and sure enough you know he he had a tough task and he took it down in cores six k's two earned runs and five and two-thirds innings uh props to you on another good call here do you think that's enough for him to stick around in that rotation for a bit man i i hope so um they've already confirmed christian javier for thursday uh so they would pretty much have to go six man to get him another start. So probably not, but, um, you know, he's certainly, I think with his last two appearances, he's clearly part of that rotation mix now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't think there's going to be any kind of hesitation to, to plug him in the next time they need a guy. So I think in 15 team leagues and deeper and, and certainly like points leagues with deep benches where pitchers have a, have a ton of value, you just need to hold him and, and just sort of um, wait until, you know, he gets another, another turn, but um, not going to pitch again this week. Uh, they've already kind of confirmed all five starters for today through Sunday and they've got they've got that rotation full at five, but I mean, as we've seen, like it just seems like a, another another pitcher bites the dust uh, every day. So I, it shouldn't be that long until they need him again. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Christian Javier, and he'll be back tomorrow. Urquidy tonight in Coors. We'll see how that goes. Urquidy's been. Um, I only have him in a few leagues, but I guess he had seven Ks in his most recent start. Uh, yeah, he hasn't been that bad, I guess. But, um, yeah, you just never know. A guy could go down, or maybe for performance reasons, they could swap a guy. I know Odorizzi's had a rough start, but he's probably pretty well set. Uh, but, yeah, eventually this will work itself out. And it's definitely a guy you want to stash after that performance. Same deal with Ryan Weathers, I imagine. You're, you're happy you capitalized if you did, and now you're just going to probably sub him out for the time being. Well... It'd be nice if he got to face a team other than the Dodgers. It no kidding. Seems like, it seems like he's just always, always drawing the Dodgers. Uh, you know, I, I mean, he certainly looks better than Chris Paddock looks. So, I, yeah, man. I, I would be like, I'm, I'm skeptical about how long Denison Met stays healthy. Um, you know, those those top three in that rotation are, are ironclad as it gets, but. After that, you got Lamette, you got the health concerns there. Chris Paddock has just been a bad pitcher for about a year now. And um, maybe they maybe they think about going six-man or something. Um, but if if Weathers just keeps pitching well, and again, it'd be nice if he got to face a team other than the Dodgers, um, because if they just keep getting looks at you, eventually they're going to do something. But um if he can just kind of hold up his end of the bar and I think the starts will be there. And I mean, he just looks so good. He looks so incredibly poised for a pitcher, his age. It's just really rare to see a guy that's that young and, and looks that poised out there as a, as a big league starter. Yeah. Two off days next week for the Padres kind of hurts when it comes to weathers, but yeah, panic, man. I don't know what's going on with him. All of a sudden he's just, well, not all of a sudden you mentioned it goes back to last year, but uh, he's a two-pitch guy, and the fastball gets crushed. So right. he's fastball changeup, and then one pitch is just getting knocked around. The velocity's held steady, but for what I don't know what it is. Maybe like movements changed, or uh, I don't know. But he's averaging the same essentially on the on the heater. But it's 308 average last year, 275 last, this year. He hasn't given up a homer on the fastball, which I guess is a decent sign, but. Gave up ten homers on the fastball last year, but you do have to to worry a little bit. And I, I bet some people in real shallow leagues, you know, ten team hometown league, you're probably 
thinking about cutting bait. Uh, James, we've lamented on this show Tony LaRusso's handling of Andrew Vaughn. Now Tony LaRusso wakes up out of his drunken slumber and says there will be some tough decisions to make when Billy Hamilton finishes his rehab. So do you do you look at that and kind of read between the lines and say that Vaughn's maybe looking at a an option down at some point? <laughs> I I saw that I saw that quote from him and. Of course, like anytime Tony speaks, I just assume the worst, like, you know, it's, it's just going to be something terrible. Uh, it seemed pretty cryptic, but you know, you would, you would assume that he's maybe talking about Billy Hamilton getting DFA'd or something. Uh, that would be like the logical way to read that. But the way I read it was kind of, tough decisions aka we might be sending our best prospect down once i mean we got a clear spot for billy um got you know bond say what you will about him he's got a 393 obp and three doubles in his last eight games like he at the plate does not deserve a demotion but i just i don't want people to be surprised if that does happen like i, I could i could totally see just a, an outcry of, of people just being like, what the hell, uh, if Vaughn gets set down. And I would just be kind of bracing for that as a, as a possibility here. Yeah, man, it's frustrating, but it does seem like, you know, with your mean Mercedes' emergence that um, Vaughn's just kind of got lost in the shuffle and he just hasn't separated himself in LaRusso's eyes anyway. Um, but yeah, LaRusso... He had a quote earlier this, you know, earlier this month, I think it was, about how Vaughn, you know, well, yeah, we talked about it, how he had to check the lineup card and how yeah. he, uh, you know, he's he's not developing. He's ready to help us now. That's why he's not playing every day. <laughs> just, yeah, he doesn't need the, the at-bats to develop. He's ready to help us, but he's on the bench. It's it'd, be, it'd be funny if... Uh... Vaughn comes in. I mean, obviously, the first thing he does every day when he gets there is he checks the card. And yeah, uh, it'd, be, it'd be funny if he checked the card and his name just wasn't anywhere on the card. And Skip is just like, yeah, pack your bags, bud. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what he was meaning. Check the card to see if you're even on there as a reserve. Yeah, you're off the card. If you're off the card entirely, that means you're off the roster. But So, yeah, that could be... Uh, that could be a pain. I have him too as like my, my first baseman in some leagues, so not even as like my corner util. So I may have to may have to make some tough decisions. First base seemed a lot deeper back in like February. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot. A lot of the guys that I liked kind of later drafts at first base are are not uh, doing much. So um, yeah, the only one doing stuff is like Carlos Santana. Yeah, yep. He's like the only guy. I mean, I drafted like Christian Walker in a couple leagues. And yeah, the the cheap first baseman, even the first baseman I paid up for, like Luke Voigt. Uh, well, there's there's another first baseman that you paid up for that uh, he's held up his end of the bargain. Who's that? Um, Vlad. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. He's been a monster. Listen to this, though, in TGFBI, James, my bench right now. You ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Altuve, Cabrian Hayes, Kelnick, which is my own doing. I brought that on myself. But 
Altuve, Cabrian Hayes, Kelnick, Springer, Yelich, Eliezer, Hernandez. So, again, people are all dealing with these things, but it's just, I mean, that just proves the point that, you know, it's not always stashing season. I mean, (laughs) I'm compounding these injury problems by having stashed Kelnick. Right, right, yeah. This is when stashing comes back to haunt you. Exactly. I've I've been pretty lucky in TGFBI. Just got the I got the L two day thing as well, but uh, I've been I've been pretty lucky there. But I mean, it's luck is a big big part of the game this year. Mm-hmm. My other guy on the bench there is Randy Dobnak, so oh, <laughs> he'll have to go. Holding Dobnak still, I like it. <laughs> That's uh, a cut this weekend. I actually thought about cutting Dobnak in. A a labor, but I actually dropped Tyler Duffy instead. Yeah. Just because when I went digging around, Tyler Duffy, like, velo down, swing strike rate down, like, 10 percentage points. Yeah, And I picked up Garrett Whitlock, so I, was, I had to cut somebody. And at least Dobnak has a save for me. <laughs> yeah. One more strikeout than Duffy, so hell. <laughs> um, James, now, and, and you're uh, – TDGX League, the Dynasty Guru, I don't know what the expert, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. You had to make a tough call recently on Clark Schmidt. What did you end up doing with him? Um, I just, you know, I I cut cut Clark Schmidt in, uh, this is a 20-team Dynasty League with 40-man rosters. You can roster as many minor leaguers as you want. You could be 40 for 40 on minor leaguers if you wanted to go full tank, full rebuild. And I just, in the in a league of that size, I just don't think you have to hold Clark Schmidt right now. Um, now, he has already had Tommy John surgery. That was part of the deal when the Yankees drafted him, is that he they knew that he was going to miss the first year plus of his professional career uh recovering from tj and it just it seems like he needs another tj is kind of my read on things he received a cortisone injection uh last week he's had a second opinion um i just i don't think you need to hold a pitcher with all that stuff on the ledger uh, in a league that size. And so I just kind of wanted to let the listeners know that, you know, I, I did it. I know it's, it's not fun to cut loose a guy like that, but you might've been really high on it at one point, but with pitchers, you know, life's not fair in in many cases. And, um, it's very, very rare for even established quality big league starters who have two Tommy John surgeries. It's very rare for those guys to come back and have success as a starter. And Clark Schmidt hadn't even established a level of success in the majors. So not only is he working on coming back from this, this elbow injury, but he also was still developing as a, as a pitcher and wasn't ready to, to crack the big league rotation even before the injury. So I just, I think you got to churn. This comes back to churning, especially in those in leagues of that size, you know, and there's definitely leagues I play in that are deep enough where I would hold Schmidt still. Uh, I dropped him for Bryce Wilson in full, full disclosure. Uh, 
not a not a pitcher who if if they were both healthy, you know, it's not not close to me. I'd, I'd take Clark Schmidt, but Bryce Wilson is healthy. Bryce Wilson is is in the big leagues. He's he's pitching. Um, he, you know, he had really nice command his last time out. Uh, so I just I think that's a better use of a roster spot. Uh, so it's just kind of wanted to peel back the curtain there. Yeah, I appreciate that transparency. And yeah, this time last year I was pretty high on Clark Schmidt. I think you and I were even had him in our main at one point early on. And uh, this is just the way it goes with pitchers, man. It's so volatile. And, yeah, we're hoping the best. But the way things are trending with that elbow injury for Clark Schmidt, it's uh, not looking not looking great. So, uh, yeah, Bryce Wilson's kind of interesting. And I'm wondering, though, did you try to trade Schmidt or did you just – No, not even no, bother. I, I, that's not, I don't think that that's, um, not worth your time. Probably it, not. It certainly wasn't worth my time. I mean, it's yeah. not worth my time to do a lot of trade talks, let alone trying to trade a pitcher who's <laughs> dealing with an elbow injury. Like, yeah, no, I, hear like I just, and I also just don't want to waste other people's time, you know, like I'd, true. Yeah. Somebody will probably pick him up, but yeah, that would have been fine. a waste of your time and the other person's. I agree. I agree uh, wholeheartedly. Now, James, um, before we move on, a couple guys I want to talk to you about, but football season approaches, and you've got to check out these new best ball leagues on Underdog. Best ball is the ultimate test of your live draft skills since there's no in-season management. That's right. Draft your team, and Underdog automatically credits you with your best-performing players every week. You don't need to play the waiver wire or worry about trades. It's just the draft. Who doesn't love drafting and underdog best ball? You can draft as many times as you want because you don't have to do any roster management, saving you loads of time. Underdog's best ball leagues are drafting right now, starting at just three bucks. Once the season starts, Underdog also has daily fantasy and an all new pick'em game. Go download the Underdog app now to get in on some best ball before the season starts. Enter promo code ROTOWIRE with your first deposit, and Underdog will honor a money back guarantee during your first month. Love Underdog or get your money back with promo code ROTOWIRE. Search Underdog in your app store and enter promo code ROTOWIRE. James, I'm glad they're not mowing the lawn here today. By the way, I thought maybe that would be a, another a problem again this, this week, but uh, I guess because of the cold. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it was, it was snow. snowing, so the, the lawnmower stayed home. I really can't believe that, man. April 21st. But, James, in our main event last week, we picked up Josh Fleming, and I was happy with the early returns, but i got to say, we also picked up Kohei Arihara, and I don't know if we made the right call starting Fleming over Arihara. Uh, I think we definitely did um, process-wise, obviously, in, yeah. in hindsight. In hindsight, we I mean, we still got a win from Fleming. Um, yeah, and, uh, and Arihara's got to face the White Sox. Right. Yeah, I mean, the the reason we didn't start Arihara wasn't because of that start on Monday. It was because of yeah. that White Sox start over the weekend. True. And, um, you know, good problem to have, obviously. But I Arihara, it's it's one of those things where, I, you know, you, you always hear people say, like, well, if you pick up a guy and you're not going to start him, is he worth picking up? I just thought it was kind of worth, I mean, we got him for a buck, right? Like I think mm-hmm. we got Ari Har for a buck out of a thousand. So 
um, we get to have two two more starts worth of information on him and, and kind of evaluate whether he's someone we want to start next week. But Fleming already had that track record dating back to last year, and uh, he's just he's such a he's such a razy type of uh, developmental story um, where he just you know I guess we were kind of maybe even fortunate there that. He got. He went deep enough to get that win, uh, only throwing 65 pitches. But yeah, we uh, definitely were. He he's just a he's a command guy. Uh, just really knows how to pitch and good team context. Uh, definitely going up against the Royals. Um, and he had a he had a hell of a spring training too. So I just I think Josh Fleming. He's never going to be like a top 100 prospect or anything like that. But. Um, getting you know i think he's just going to stick in that rotation uh for the foreseeable future and i think you're going to be able to get some wins and play the matchups with him yeah i'm glad we were pretty aggressive with our drops you know and we're pretty active with free agency because um you know nobody's really at sleep at the wheel in this league but i think we were able to sneak through a couple guys who are pretty nice in Fleming and Ari Hara. I don't want to put too much stock into just, you know, what I saw with my own two eyes and one start, but I thought he looked really good striking out Mike Trout. He did almost give up a home run to Shohei Otani, his former teammate with the, uh, Nippenham fighters, but he got saved by an Adolis Garcia leaping grab at the wall is pretty good. But I thought overall, Ari Hara looked really solid, looked like he belonged. And I mean, he's on the Rangers. They don't have a lot of, options to leap him and um, force him out. So I think, yeah, matchups based play, I think he'll be worthwhile, especially in a 15-team mix. Now, I mentioned Adolis Garcia robbing that homer from Otani. He also had a home run himself in that game and a double. Pretty nice. And you said last week, uh, maybe not on this show, but on Farm Friday at least, that you know deep league guys, sure, give him a look. And the fact that they're playing him in center, you know, they don't have a lot in center. They had you know Eli White and who was the other guy who flopped? Um, Leody. Leody Tavares, yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, the at least the short term short term outlook for playing time is looking pretty good for Adolis Garcia. Yeah, and and all the caveats I mentioned on Farm Friday about him still apply. Like you're you can't expect a high batting average with Garcia. Like it's just that's not really part of the package there but the power is is definitely there he hasn't stolen the base yet but i, I think he will start uh adding a steal here and there if he if he can hold on to this job and i think you outlined it pretty well just the playing time picture it's just you know leody Tavares is is a guy that is barely hanging on to the big league roster i mean yeah I think he, surprised he hasn't he, been sent down honestly yeah he looked really overmatched and um you know eli white's just not a not a guy that you should be playing every day anywhere so uh i think garcia is going to get a bit more rope here i mean he he might strike out too much to to really take this job and run with it but the power and speed you know i mean in in a 15 team league especially a really competitive one like a like a main event or something like that where it's just really hard to find any position players who are getting regular playing time. Uh, I think he's, he's worth a look. Nice, man. I, I have this uh, Giants-Phillies game on, by the way. 
And Alex Dickerson just did his just his best Josh Van Meter impression. Oh, out, nice. out in left field, he dove at a yeah. ball and just went right past him. Yeah, <laughs> so that was a nice tribute to Josh Van Meter there by Alex Dickerson. <laughs> Very kind. And then Mickey Moniak just struck out, but apparently Mickey Moniak had a homer in this game. So that's kind yeah. of surprising. I mean, talk about you know not getting much out of a spot in Texas in center field. Center field spot in yeah. Philadelphia has been just brutal. <laughs> and so maybe Mickey Moniak, maybe he's the guy for a little bit. Yeah, I I don't know. I I would not uh, expect that to yield. Um, positive fantasy returns uh i mean i think the isn't the wind blowing out there today maybe um, yeah the wind's w- wacky today uh, it looks yeah, like I, I saw the jerseys flying around he's still not on i mean moniac's still not on my mix league radar even in that situation i mean we mentioned garcia like the downfalls there but the difference between garcia and moniac is like garcia's just got better tools than than moniac does so Oh. See, Garcia's a late bloomer, right? He's like 28, but the tools, I mean, he just hasn't really been given a chance. So maybe. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, and you could debate whether he's deserved a chance. Like, I mean, the hit mm-hmm. tools is worth his worst tool. So, um, you know, I, I think he you're just you're just going for the power and the speed there. Yeah. So no real interest in Moniac. In mixers, what about Pavin Smith? I was watching the Reds Diamondbacks yesterday, and pretty rough outing for Luis Garcia again. But every time I looked up, Pavin Smith was roping a single, so I think he had at least three hits in that game. I forget exactly, but uh, he's looked pretty good in the absence of well, Christian Walker. But then Pavin Smith could also move out and play center too. Yeah, I mean, he's like the opposite of Adolis Garcia, where. Yeah. It's it's hit tool first, and the power is kind of TBD. But you know he led off, I think, yesterday. Yeah, he and Haven uh, Smith actually is a guy. Like I mean, if you're like if Vaughn does get sent down, or, or maybe you just you want someone to plug in for like Rowdy Telez or something like that. Haven uh, Smith eligible at first base and the outfield, I believe, in in most leagues. Um, so he's. He's definitely a, a guy to, to keep an eye on because the playing time should be there for him, just given the injuries that, that Arizona's dealing with. And I don't know what's going to be there in terms of counting stats, but obviously against righties, I think they think highly enough of him that he's going to have a nice spot in that lineup. And uh, as I said, he you know the strikeout rates are just really, really impressive uh, at every level. And I think he's even got room to improve on that walk rate so far this year. So, uh a guy that probably won't hurt you and you know, maybe he can, he can unlock uh, 20 Homer power or something like that. But um, just, just based on the lineup placement against his righties and the fact that he's got that uh, first base outfield eligibility makes him kind of interesting. Yeah. Three hits yesterday and a walk. So on base four times against Luis Castillo and the Reds scored a couple runs leading off, as you mentioned. And uh, yeah, it just looks the part. It looks like he can hit and uh, those hit tool guys, Hit tool first, it, it gives them a nice foundation that they can maybe build on, add other things like power if they're able to uh, tap into that. But just giving you a nice foundation skills-wise with the bat to ball. So I do kind of like what he's doing. Plus, the Diamondbacks, what do they have to lose by giving this guy a long look? They're not going anywhere. Um, no. And, Christian and they, Walker is okay, but he's like 30. He's not going to be a right. foundational piece. 
Right. I, I mean, I, Christian Walker probably isn't going to be a big part of the, the next great Diamondbacks team. And uh, next year, the DH will probably be there. And you could you could play Walker at DH and Smith at first base or maybe Smith in, in left field or something like that. Uh, I mean, he's, he's definitely someone that I, I think they want to take a nice long look at here. Yeah, he's a pretty impressive player. And he was drafted pretty highly, wasn't he? Pretty that was a that was a reach probably, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, first round guy for sure. Even you know he they took him seventh overall in 2017, uh, kind of a classic Virginia guy with with kind of a like Virginia kind of took the Stanford swing a little bit in terms of just guys that you, you kind of want to um, pump the brakes on any sort of power projections on, but. Um, he would have been a first rounder that year, if, even if they hadn't taken him at seven. So, I mean, the, the hit tool has been a thing for him uh, for a while. Yeah, I didn't realize he went that high, but yeah, okay, that's that may be a reach. But again, a nice player with some pedigree, and they're invested in him, so they'll probably want to see what what they have in Paven Smith. Uh, now, James, before we get to the last couple of players um, on the outline, dang it, now I'm forgetting who I was going to ask you about. It'll probably come to me. So let's actually get to the first of the final two qu- uh, players on your list here. George Kirby. Um, now, he's a Mariners righty, right? Kirby. Yep. So we've talked a lot about um, about Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez and Logan Gilbert. But is maybe George Kirby the next name that people are going to be talking about a lot? Well, in dynasty leagues, I mean Kirby is just uh, the the hype is really really building. Still not a guy that I necessarily think we see this year, but a uh, friend of the show, Chris Welsh, was tweeting out some very impressive video of George Kirby the other day that he he got to see in person, and then the the Mariners player development account was tweeting out. Uh, video of all his strikeouts the other day uh he's just you know he's carving everyone up like it's it's not even fair what he's doing right now um 99 mile an hour fastball devastating change up uh devastating slider he's got everything working right now and it kind of looks like he's facing looks like he's facing some really overmatched hitters. I mean, I think he needs a bit more of a challenge. So I've, you know, I've gotten a lot of questions about Kirby recently, but uh, yeah, his, his stock is good. Nice, man. I remember who I was going to ask you about, by the way, because I was, you know, when you, whenever I stash a player, maybe you're the same way. You know, I go doing a Twitter search every now and then I'll get bored. I'll start Twitter searching the player's name. <laughs> And just seeing all the like-minded folks who are saying, bring this guy up. Um, so I was doing a Twitter search for Alec Manoa, and I was sympathizing with all the Blue Jays fans who want to see this guy up soon. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about him a lot, but 15 to 0 K to walk in seven spring innings, only one hit allowed in seven spring innings. Um, you're probably sick of me bringing up Alec Manoa, but I stashed him for a buck. Last week in Stake League, dropping Dalton Jeffries. And I just think there's going to be an opening pretty soon for Manoa. Yeah, I I think he's going to have to pitch his way up um, against minor league hitters. I think I, I just 
the Blue Jays are, are pretty regimented in, in how they go about um, promoting guys. And I just, I think, you know, he might open at double A and then a month or two, if he's just not meeting any resistance, maybe we see him up, but it's like teams just, especially teams like the Blue Jays, like they're not bringing up a guy like Manoa because they have a hole. Like they're bringing up a guy like Manoa when they decide he's ready. So mm-hmm. uh, I think he could be up this year, but it's it's going to be about him. It's not going to be about um, what's happening in the big league rotation. Sorry about the pounding on the keyboard, by the way. I um, I noticed something in the admin with Paven Smith, so I had to get that fired off. Um, but sorry that I was doing that while you were talking, James. Uh, finally, Kyle Harrison. Not a player I know much about, but you say here he could be the next great Giants pitching prospect. What can you tell us about uh, Kyle Harris? Yeah, well, it's it's kind of that time of the year where um, a lot of these team accounts are tweeting out really impressive videos of their their best uh, prospects. And uh, this isn't an account affiliated with the Giants, but... Um, uh, I think it's FS or SFG prospects. Uh, they really do a great job covering that system. And uh, they they sent out some video of, of his uh, outing in the low A game against the Angels. And he struck out five over two innings. Uh, fastball topped out at 98. He's a lefty. Um, and, you know, there was there was some hype building around uh, around Harrison this offseason. I had him ranked as their top pitching prospect. Uh, they selected him in last year's draft. Uh, he's a, a prep guy, so he's not not a guy we'll see up in the majors this year. But in uh, leagues where maybe 200 prospects are rostered or something like that, 250, 150 to 250, something like that, Harrison might well be out there and. Like he's a guy where if he goes to low A and and is shoving, like he'll be up near my top 100 uh, fairly fairly quickly. I mean he's really really impressive. Um, the the hitters that he was facing really didn't have much of a chance, and he's kind of looking like you know he's he's as advertised is kind of how I would phrase it. Um, so uh, go go grab Kyle Harrison if you can in uh, in those sort of shallower dynasty leagues. Very nice, man. Well, looking forward to the you know minor league seasons starting up eventually. Looking forward to the first-year player draft a few months down the road, and I know you'll be doing a lot of uh, work, and we'll be talking a lot about the, the draft class on this show in the weeks and months to come. So always fun, James. Now we'll move on to the final segment of the show where we are selecting our preferred walk-up songs if we were you know doing a little cosplay james putting ourselves in the shoes of big leaguers if we were walking up to the dish what would we want our songs to be and i, I say we're kind of selecting these but we are essentially drafting these because we're not gonna i'm not gonna be able to select one that you've already chosen obviously that's true we we are allowed to select ones that listeners have chosen um Sure. Such a such as friend friend of the show Jeff Ponce. Uh, I might be stealing his selection in a few weeks, but 
yeah, we can we're, also, we're not going to overlap each other. And we can also choose songs that we've had on other old playlists on the show. Yes, yes. Uh, I was tempted to do that, but I'm not going to do that. Well, why don't you go first this week, James? I, I feel like I went first last week. I don't know exactly, though. Maybe we need to create a uh, spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. yeah I could probably do this. Okay, well, um, I can't remember if I've picked this one before or not, but I just... I felt it was, you know, you know me. I I wasn't gonna last long without without picking something after life after death. So I'm gonna go with "Kicking the Door" by Biggie. Uh, now this is a song with, like like many uh, mid '90s hip hop tracks. There's a nice nice long intro uh, at the beginning of this one um, that the PA people would have to kind of skip over to get to the the at bat part of it, but. Um, you know, it's just uh, one of DJ Premier's best beats and really kind of brings the type of energy and uh, and intimidation that I'm looking for in, in a walk-up track. <laughs> the intimidation, I like it. I like it. You know the phrase, you know, look good, feel good, play good, James? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm going for with mine because this is just a sexy track. And... Um, the one I'm choosing. Now, it's already my second appearance from E-40, <laughs> so that may kind of contradict the uh, sexy uh, label I put on this song. But if you've ever heard it, you'll know, and you'll hear the first uh, few beats, and it's just great. So uh, already know, uh, you already know, by Do or Die featuring E-40. So I just want, you know, the very first... Last week I said I wanted the, the hook for Look At Me, but I want just the very first few notes of this song to play me up to the plate because I want to feel good, you know, feel good, look good, play good. And um, it starts with some swag walking up to the ditch. So you already know by Do or Die featuring E40. You, you know Do or Die, right? Pope Pimp. Yeah. Yeah. Some others. Um, their greatest hits is just classic. Uh, I think Do or Die really pretty underrated. Well, I I never really got into him. I know of him. I, I never really got into him, but um, still Pope yeah. Pimpin and Pope Pimp two classics. I mean, what's going to happen now is is uh, Andrew Redding's going to put in these these last two tracks, and Spotify is always sort of suggesting songs that you can add to playlists. And now it's just going to be a bunch of E40 stuff under there. That's um, <laughs> It'll probably be my last E40 selection. Please, right? please, please <laughs> make sure it is. Dude, you're going to regret that one day when you, you see the light on E40. But no, <laughs> I, um, I really like Do or Die. I hope this song is actually available on Spotify for Andrew to put it on. I believe it will be. Um, you just never know. And he's gotten on me before Andrew has for picking songs that are not on Spotify. Yeah, that's, that is your, uh, that is one of your, 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 your your go-to gimmicks. (laughs) Your, uh, your, your tastes are, are not mainstream enough for, for Spotify. Yeah, that is definitely one of my gimmicks. Um, but yeah, I mean, this song I feel like will be, because that was on their greatest hits, Do or Die should be on. Uh, pe- more people need to know of Do or Die. So they were on Rap a Lot records, by the way. Rap a Lot had some some great artists, including 
Devin the Dude. I just thought I'd mention Devin the Dude since it's uh, 420 week. Anything else you got going on, James, that you want to mention? No, that'll do it for me. Nice. Well, thanks for all the great insight. Thank you all for listening. Catch more of James and myself on Farm Friday on SiriusXM if you want to hang with us uh, for a couple more hours of baseball talk. Otherwise, we'll catch you next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.